Hello, and welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and you are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. We're going to go to a quick disclaimer, and then we're going to come back. And as we always do, we're going to just dive right on in. The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Okay, so welcome to another episode of Bostonian Rap. I am here today. I am going to talk about what I consider antisocial behavior. I already started talking about it a little bit in a previous show. Well, not a little bit, a lot of it. Uh, I'm going to continue Uh, talking about this particular issue, and I'm going to delve into a few others. Uh, So antisocial behavior, and I'm going to talk about the future of the Massachusetts Republican Party. So that's always a crowd pleaser, right? (laughs) I mean, Honestly, my my party, it's it's like a soap opera. It's it really is a, a saga, uh, if you will. Uh, but let's let's talk about the antisocial behavior. So we have social media. We have uh, we have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have. I almost said MySpace, but MySpace is, has it is it's it's evolved into a completely different beast. I think it's mostly uh, for music now, um, but back in the day, you could use it along the same lines as Facebook, and I, in fact, did. I haven't logged into my MySpace account in I don't know how long, um, but I did. I did some blogging. That's what I did. I used it for blogging and. I, you know, connected with a few people, and it was it was cool. I mean, I didn't keep it up uh, as much as I should have. Uh, when I when I mean when I did use it, uh, I'll say actively, I didn't use it as often in that active period uh, as I might have might have or could have. Uh, but it, I mean, but certainly, I thought it was it was a good platform. Because it just, it allowed people to connect with others, people who had similar interests. So, I mean, it sounds a lot like Facebook, right? But I don't remember the same level of toxicity. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I really, I don't. Uh, Facebook has, or what is it called Meta now? I, metaverse, Meta. I, I, you know, I, I don't even keep up. I, I'm just going to call it Facebook. I, uh, <laughs> Facebook is has is really kind of become this phenomenon, and it it really I think has affected 
how people communicate. It has affected how people interact with one another. It's affected how people see others and see themselves. Uh, you have Twitter. Twitter is Twitter is cool. Twitter is cool. Uh, I think I, I on a previous show I shared that Ice T once said that, and you know I'm you know giving you the PG version of what he said. I mean what he said wasn't wasn't particularly uh, scandalous or you know rated R X rated, but you know he he uh, he used uh, an expletive uh, a mild one. So I'll I'll you know give like a, a PG <laughs> uh, paraphrasing of what he said. You know, Twitter is basically there for, you know, people to go on, kind of pop off, say what they got to say, and then they hop, you know, they hop off the app. And, you know, that that made a lot of sense to me. I think Twitter's fun. I think Twitter is it's interesting because it allows you Yes, to express yourself. Yes, to draw attention to uh, important issues, life-changing issues, human rights issues. But just like from a perspective of communication, it allows you to be more concise with your language. And... I think it also allows you to play with the language. I think English is, is, is a very beautiful language, and I think that it lends itself to play. Uh, it allows itself, uh, you know, it lends itself, rather, to creativity more than maybe some other languages. Uh, French, for instance, I also think is a beautiful language, but and I, I, I do speak French, but I find that you don't necessarily have all the opportunities that you have with English uh, to, you know, really kind of uh, be creative, innovative in, in how you uh, give voice to an idea, right? Um you have Instagram. Instagram is cool, too, because I think that it allows you to tell a story with images. And I think that it can also really be an opportunity, a real chance for people to explore how they present themselves and how they present their ideas, how they present projects, plans, how they explain a, maybe a, a mindset, a particular mindset, a philosophy. You know, so I guess what I'm trying to say out of all this is that not all the platforms, I think, are necessarily a bad thing. Not all of social media is... Um, <laughs> part of this antisocial phenomenon. And, and I think that it can actually serve a lot of good, even Facebook. But to get back to my point about Facebook, I think that 
I think that with Facebook, there's there's all kinds of, I don't know, these layers. <coughs> these layers. And it's it's kind of real life recreating itself online. And so what do I mean by that? Well, people are not necessarily straightforward. They're not necessarily... Um, <coughs> they're not necessarily um, direct. And so, you know, you encounter that in real life, too. I think here in Boston, we have a reputation for being direct, most of us. And then there's some of us, uh, probably, probably like myself, <laughs> that, you know, we have a reputation of being um candid and forthright even by Boston standards. But I find that, you know, it, it that's not always the case. You know, I mean it's while I think that many Bostonians are frank, uh we not not all of us necessarily are. And I think speaking more broadly, I think that People tend to talk in circles. People uh, beat around the bush for various reasons. And, and not all of them are necessarily bad or nefarious. But, you know, people people will not necessarily be direct. Uh, unfortunately, some people like to play games. And so all of that is kind of, it's, it's found a place <laughs> uh, on Facebook. And, and I find that it... it that particular social media platform lends itself to that kind of uninteresting, <laughs> toxic behavior, uh, maybe a little bit more than the other uh, platforms. But I think, again, in general, uh, even Facebook, as I said, I think it's an opportunity to explore uh, methods of communication, ways to communicate. It, it, it presents a challenge for people to be, again, as I said, creative and innovative. But I do want to touch upon the negative aspects of Facebook. Uh, because notwithstanding the positive aspects... The negative aspects, some of which I enumerated, they can't really be overlooked. And I think that for a platform that offers people the opportunity, ultimately, to connect with a whole wide range of people, people choose to limit themselves. They really do. And I find that I find that sad because people do that in real life and, well, they're now doing it online too. <laughs> I think that there was a point where people were just so fascinated. This was like probably like 15 years ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago. People were just so fascinated and intrigued by the, this this idea of being able to connect with anybody and everybody that I think that a number of us did. But I think over time, 
those negative aspects of human nature, the, you know, those negative uh, behaviors, you're right. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they, people transferred those attitudes online. And so, you know, at present, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's people say things that aren't entirely nice. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I have thick skin. I don't generally run around saying that I have thick skin, but I have it. I find that a lot of the people that do talk about being, uh, you know, oh, I'm a tough cookie. I come from hearty stock. I, you know, I tell it like a T.I. is. I don't sugarcoat it. You want sugarcoating, go to a bakery, <laughs> all of that. I, I find that those are the people that get the get offended the most easily. It's kind of if if you're not if you're not tender, I, I don't think you have to, you know, go around saying that. I think people will be able to 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 get that message uh, by interacting with you. Uh, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not particularly uh, sensitive, but a lot of people are, and they, as a result, they limit the people with whom they connect. They only connect with certain people. Now, I get it. Like, to a certain extent, you know, some people, you're like, okay, uh, you know, I looked at your page. You're talking about some things here. They seem a little out there. I don't really want to. You know, <laughs> I don't need to need or want to know more. So, I mean, there is that aspect for sure. But I think that people deliberately, they're deliberately selective, very intentionally selective, because they don't want to expose themselves to other ideas. And it's it's enough of a shame when they do that in the real world, but when they do that, in the cyber world as well, it's just like, oh, come on, man. I feel like, I personally feel like it's it's an opportunity missed to learn something new, right? Whether it's about yourself or someone else or something else, or even it could be something that you you know, but you find out something new about it. Now, those negative behaviors on Facebook... Some of that negative behavior now has, it has made its way to Twitter. And it, it's not, you know, it didn't happen yesterday. It's, it's been ongoing. But because the nature of Twitter, you know, remember, you know, my paraphrasing what Ice-T said, you know, you, you, you hop online and you, you talk your trash, <laughs> you hop off. People now, they go online, they talk their trash, but it's, it's not really trash. It's them acting like trash. They, you know, they say things that, quite frankly, aren't very nice. And, you know, no one's talking about people needing to act like, you know, we're, we're living living out like a life 
you know, little house on the prairie, you know, or something like that. But it's 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 about just having a modicum of decency and knowing when not to cross the line. I, I mean, I found myself in real life very upset on a number of occasions about different things. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give an example. I went to Boston City Hall and I spoke with a staffer, I think it's a former staffer now, of um, Boston City Councilor Kendra Lara. She's the District 6 Councilor on the Boston City Council. And I, you know, I was upset because this was, you know, right in the aftermath of Kendra having made comments about Jewish people, and and these comments were just undeniably anti-Semitic. I mean, at at best, it it was just really, it was classless, it was in poor taste, it was ignorant. I mean, just saying things that feed into this horrible, bogus narrative that Jewish people have a disproportionate amount of power. And it was just... Really, really unfortunate. It was infuriating. It was maddening and and alarming because, you know, Kendra Lara, again, isn't just anybody. She is an elected official. And, of course, she has constituents that are Jewish. So it was, it was, it was, I think, a time when feelings were running very high, but... I know that for myself, for my part, I wanted to make a point. And so as upset as I was, as angry as I was, my mission was to be heard. And I didn't want my point to be missed because I couched it in disrespect. uh, Because I chose to act in an indecorous manner because I behaved in a way that was incongruous with the setting in which I found myself, Boston City Hall. I mean, it was just, I had to go and speak respectfully, respecting Kendra Lara, despite her lack of respect for my people, the Jewish people, uh, you know, respecting her office, respecting her staffer, respecting the venue. Um, and it wasn't easy, but I, I wanted my point to be heard. And you, you don't want to wake up the next day and say, okay, how, how did yesterday go? And then, you know, you're going through your mental Rolodex and you, you know, you may be you got into an argument or you had a decent point, a valid point to make, but it got lost because it turned into a slanging match. You know, you know, the argument, the, you know, the slanging match, the, you know, the back and forth, whatever, however you want to refer to it. I didn't want to wake up the next day and look back and say, ah, you know, I really could have done much better there. So, I, you know, I, I went in and I was composed and I was respectful. But yes, I was, I was very angry. I find that, you know, now 
with social media, it has amplified these antisocial behaviors. So you have people that, as I said, they limit the people that they connect with. But Twitter is a little, even more so than Facebook, because again, it's all about just boom, your opinion, boom, boom, boom. And it's like these, these spurts, right? Whereas Facebook, you can, you, you can write something longer, right? But with Twitter, it's like you're, you're limited, you know? So it's boom, boom, boom. And so uh, it's, it's, you have people just, it, it's almost like these rhetorical hit and runs. That's what it's, that's what I feel like Twitter has devolved into, um, to you know, to a certain, in a certain respect, you have people saying things that are quite frankly very mean, very nasty, and this is on top of not entertaining what this person has to say or what that person has to say, and it, it's just, it's discouraging. It's disheartening. And and sometimes again, you know, to use some of the words I used earlier, it's it's also infuriating. It's also maddening. And what I find particularly galling is when people block you. Okay, you, people have to understand that when I was running for office, some of the things I got called. I mean, Rayla Campbell on more than one occasion referred to me as the help. You know, and I, of course, have receipts. I've actually posted, you know, I took screenshots, you know, just in case later on she or one of her supporters, it's amazing that she actually has them, but, you know, this is where we're at, um, would try to say, oh, she she would never say something like that. Well, of course she did. She referred to me as the help, but she's the first person to talk about racism and how she's been on the receiving end of it and how, how miserably and horribly she's been treated. But, I mean, Rayla Campbell and people like her that now are in the Republican Party, whether we're talking within Massachusetts or nationwide, that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole other topic because these people, they're not— Republican as much as they are entertainers, and they find that they can get more mileage out of throwing out red meat than being a denizen of the ideological left and, you know, throwing out platitudes and talking about leaning in and holding space. But again, that's, you know, it's, it's, that's <laughs> this, this new breed of Republican and you know, this whole idea about the race to the bottom and it doesn't seem like there is a bottom, which is which is 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 alarming. Um, very alarming, actually. Uh, that's 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 a whole show unto itself. But I do bring up Rayla Campbell because referring to someone as the help. I mean, that's horrible. I mean, regardless of someone's color, you don't call someone the help. That's. The, there's it's it's necessarily pejorative, very pejorative, very derogatory, and there's no explanation needed when you call a person of color the help. There's 
again, an added, you know, it, no explanation necessary. And, and there's, there's an added layer of, 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 of offense. It's, it's just really, it's a disgusting, it's a disgusting term to bandy about, but that's what she did. And, you know, you, you have people who just, they, they say all kinds of things and they don't want to be challenged. And if you challenge them, if you call them out for their bad behavior, uh, if you present an alternative to something that they're saying, they block you. So Rayla's really quick to block people. Very quick. I mean, she blocked me like eons ago like on several different platforms. Uh, and, and it's, it, you know, for someone who likes to, to pop off as much as she does to mouth off, it really is kind of, it's comical and it's, it's not uh, even a little ironic. It's, it's hugely ironic. Um, but, but she's not unique. And, and you have people on the political left who are just as offensive. And, and so, you know, I say that because it's, it's because the idea is that this isn't an ideological thing. It's not a political thing at the end of the day. It's just a human thing. And so the amalgam of it all, it just, it amounts to very antisocial behavior because what you're saying is, is if I don't want to listen to you, if I'm wrong and you're and you're calling me out, or if I have an idea and you're presenting an alternative, I don't have to listen to you. I can just block you. I can just tune you out. And I just I think it's very disrespectful. And I think I just I don't do it myself. I've only blocked people. I've blocked people in very let me let me hit the rewind button. In principle, I, it's not something I do. I have done it in a very limited, very, very, very limited number of circumstances. And it's been, you know, one instance, I, I did think that there was some concern for my safety. Uh, there was someone, and I think I shared this on a previous show, there was someone who... Uh, you know, said that I was soulless, uh, something to that effect, that I was just just basically a horrible person, just like literally saying that, um, that I'm evil, that I'm wicked. And it's just like, no, I'm a person of color. That's a Republican. <laughs> you know, come on. Um, but I mean, it was it was just the onslaught was just constant. And I, I you know, I withstood it. And I tried to engage. And when I saw that the person just really wasn't prepared to do that, I said, okay, I don't, I don't have to, I try to engage with you. Um, you don't want to do that. That's your right. But then I don't have to listen to you make ad hominem attacks against me. I, I don't have to tolerate that. And at one point, he said something along the lines of, well, Yes, you're you know you're a horrible person. We should go out for a drink to see if there's really a soul in there. And and I was just like, okay, this is this concerns me <laughs> because this person is local, and so I I I did block this particular individual because that 
that kind of, you know, gave me cause for concern um, because, again, this person was being very aggressive um, in, in, in what he was saying to me. And it, some of it was bordering on abusive. So I said, OK, you know, um, I remember I've I've blocked people that I, I blocked one woman because, you know, she kept on. Uh, taking my ideas, and uh, she was doing just uh, just engaging in uh, some other behaviors, but you know, really uh, just going through my ideas and passing them off as her own. That that's a big thing with me. So I just said no, um, you know. But I I gotta say, I mean, Rayla calling me the help. I didn't block her. You know, Donnie Palmer, who ran lots of air quotes there uh, for the Boston City Council, he's run a couple times now. And he also, of course, ran for uh, the 7th Congressional District seat, which was, you know, a joke. He did that in 2022. And, I mean, he called me an antiquated—he used an antiquated word uh, that's a synonym for the N-word. He made in front of me for being Jewish. I mean, he, he was very upfront about this, much like Campbell. He, you know, said this to me online. Um, I called him out online. He admitted to it. And, I, you know, I took a screenshot, you know, because, of course, he tried to deny it. And it's like, nah, right here, buddy. Um, I didn't block him. I mean, so what I'm trying to say is I've had people say really— intellectually and morally offensive things to me. I've had, I had this one girl, uh, this was like back in the day when I was blogging on MySpace and I was, uh, I, there was one blog entry about Israel and I was talking about peace, but I, you know, it was probably something along the lines of, I don't remember the exact entry, but, you know, at the time, well, still, I mean, I, I support a two-state solution, but Israel has to have a true partner. And, you know, the, the PLO and, 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 and uh, you know, Fatah, you know, Hamas, you know, the, these, these are not entities. These are not groups, organizations that uh, are— are interested in peace. Not peace spelled P-E-A-C-E anyway, more like peace is in P-I-E-C-E. Um, but again, that's that too is 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 a topic for a completely different show. But you know, I the, you know, someone saw my uh, blog and uh, you know, saw what I wrote, saw this entry and she said and she you know, she saw that I was you know, Jewish. And, you know, she said, oh, you, you can't talk about peace. You don't know, not, you know, you don't know anything about peace. Your people, your, you know, I mean, and she, and she said some pretty offensive things about Jewish people. Did I block her? No. There have been time. my point in saying all this is that there have been times where I maybe should have blocked people, but 
I didn't. And certainly um, as a candidate, I didn't block people. As a candidate, I did not block anybody but that one person. And this was after my run was over. And so when I see, when I see elected officials, some of whom have blocked me, um, you know, I don't have much respect for them because I don't have much respect for their decision. Maybe that's a better way to phrase it. Uh, Because I think that you, you know, you, you run for office, you get elected. If you're fortunate enough to get elected, you're a public figure. But even if you don't get elected, you're still a public figure. And it's not going to be all gush and praise and, you know, rainbows and, and unicorns and, and, and sugar and spice and everything nice. No, again, don't get me wrong. As I said, people have become brutal online, right? I mean, they're, they've always been brutal offline, but that brutality has really set in online. And I think it's dreadfully unfair, some of the things that public figures, including elected officials, politicians, have to listen to. I, I really, I'm, sometimes I, I read some of what things that people write, and I'm aghast. You know, there's a difference between being blunt and that's what I am. I'm very much blunt, but I'm never gratuitous. You know, if I if I say something, there is a reason, and I come with receipts. I don't believe in being gratuitous. I don't believe in being disrespectful. And 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 yes, there are lines that you're not going to find me crossing, right? There's a difference between what I do and what some other people do, and they they become really personal. And they're not trying to make a point. They're trying to hurt somebody's feelings. They're trying to denigrate someone. They're trying to belittle someone. And I don't agree with that under any circumstance. If you have a grievance with someone, then there are ways to address that grievance without making actually yourself look like trash, to be quite honest, right? Um. But yeah, to get back to my point, it's, I mean, I've had some people say some really horrible things to me. Uh, I had the same person said that I wear makeup that doesn't match and I wear mixed, you know, clothes that don't match. I mean, really, (laughs) I mean, I've had people say some really nasty things to me. And guess what? I haven't blocked them. And I, I, it's because I have thick skin, right? But I'm not going to generally tell, I mean, like, I'm, I'm saying it now, but it's not something I generally go around saying because, again, it's you have it or you don't. And if you have it, you don't need to let people know because they're going to find out s- soon enough. But I just think that Particularly if you're an elected official, you're a politician, you shouldn't be blocking people, especially your constituents. Now, there are people who cross the line, and I think that maybe in some select situations it might be appropriate. But I think that really, by and large, I I see blocking people, if you're a politician, if you're an elected official— if you're blocking people, particularly if it's a constituent, I see it as, as trying to infringe upon 
your constituent or your constituents' First Amendment rights. And I know that the people who are blocking other people, um, and I'm speaking more broadly now, whether they be elected officials or not, when people block them, they get offended. So it's just, it's ridiculous. And so I think that it's, there should be like some kind of social contract, right? This understanding doesn't have to be anything concrete, doesn't have to be anything that we give voice to. But this idea that if we live together online, that we're going to hear things that we don't like. We're going to hear ideas that we don't like. We're going to encounter personalities that don't sit well with us. But you you navigate, you adapt, you listen, you learn, you limit your time. You, I mean, they're, they're, they're just, there are a lot of different options that I think are more preferable to just cutting people off. And again, you know, I can't stress this enough. If you're an elected official, that's inappropriate. I mean, like I said, I've been called some horrible, horrible things. I mean, I've been called, (laughs) please forgive my language, I've been called a skank. I've been... (laughs) I mean, I've been called some really, really nasty things, really nasty things. And I just I haven't blocked anybody, Uh, you know, as you know, when I was running for office. uh, And even now, I don't I don't block people. I haven't you know, I haven't blocked anybody uh, in a very, very, very long time. Again, I do it very, very, very rarely. Um, because I think that when you do block people, it's it, it comes that that action, that decision, it, it carries with it a whole lot of implications, and I'm not comfortable assuming those implications. Um, I think that you know, again, just like in, in you know in the real world, you know, this this social contract, and we. We, we respect each other and we live with each other and we don't always do it very easily, but we do it. I think that should, <laughs> I think that that idea, that concept should also be online. I do. Um, and that's what I'll, <laughs> that's what I'll say about that. And I'll leave it there, that antisocial behavior. I am going to go to a quick break. When I come back, I want to spend the last uh, chunk of time talking about the mass GOP. As the mass GOP turns, um, all our crazies, all our, <laughs> all our extremists, general chaos. <laughs> I don't know. Like, seriously, it could be a soap opera. You, you know, it's uh, the young and the foolish. <laughs> I don't know. It's, 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 you know, it's, I laugh, but it's not funny. And I actually really care. And I mean, I certainly want to see Republican values 
taken to every part of this this great commonwealth. Uh, but we 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 have a ways to go. We have work to do. But let me go to a quick breaky break break. Uh, and everything I said that can kind of you know. People can kind of think it over and <laughs> see what they think. We'll come back and we'll uh, dive on into talking about the Massachusetts Republican Party. If you are struggling to afford internet service for your household, there is a new government program that may be able to help. It's called the Affordable Connectivity Program, and it provides up to a $30 monthly discount to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify and how to enroll at FCC.gov ACP or call toll free at 877-384-2575. That's 877-384-2575. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. <laughs> You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. You are listening to me, Rachel Meiselman, on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. And I had a chance to pop a cough drop in my mouth. Uh, so hopefully there won't be any more. <coughs> so I apologize for that a little bit earlier. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm still getting over a little bit of a cold. A couple weeks ago I had something. So I, uh, I spoke in what I call um, my Demi Moore voice. It actually sounds quite nice, <laughs> but I don't like how I, I feel when I'm talking in that voice, but I like having that voice. It's very, mm. um, <laughs> but let's, <laughs> before I went to uh, break, I said that we would be talking about the Massachusetts Republican Party. So uh, let's, let's do that. And, you know, of course, I said at the top of the show, I wanted to to discuss the party and, and, you know, where it's going. There's been a lot of drama. And I think that there are some people in the party and, and it's not, of course, because they're Republican or they're from this state. It's just it just so happens that we have some personalities. We have some characters and they like drama. 
They live for it. And I, I just, that doesn't interest me. You know, if you want drama, go find a stage. But it's, you know, we have real issues here in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, there are tremendous resources. It is an incredibly beautiful state. This is the state I was born and raised in. I haven't lived my whole life in Massachusetts. As some of you know, I spent an extended period of time as a foreigner. I lived in other countries uh, in Europe, but I, I am very much a Massachusetts girl. And, and I was born again here and I was brought up here. I I want what's best for the Commonwealth and you know, of course, I supported Chris Doty and Kate Campanelli uh, for governor and lieutenant governor, respectively. I think they would have been a phenomenal team. I think they would have done great things. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, Jeff Deal and Leah, Leah Allen, um, <laughs> they are the ones that won the Republican primary. And then they went on to lose bigly uh, in the general and, you know, so now we have Governor Healy and we have Lieutenant Governor Driscoll. And, you know, of course, I, I, I wish the Healy-Driscoll team, Governor Healy, Lieutenant Governor Driscoll, I wish them the best of luck because, again, it, it's about wanting to see the Commonwealth prosper. So I'm not going to actively wish for Healy to fail. I don't want to see her fail. Uh, would I prefer maybe to see different ideas being floated? Well, of course. Um, you know, I am a Republican and uh, I tend to be more conservative. Um, but I think that Healy, uh, I don't think she's a disagreeable person. Um, I think she is pleasant. She has, she's, I find her affable. Um, I have heard good things about Lieutenant Governor Driscoll. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I, I do see some room for common ground. And so, you know, again, I, I wish, I hope for the best. Because, I, again, I love my, my, you know, my home state. And, and, and I don't think it, it does, does anybody any good to actively wish for the failure of other people because it, it always it always ends up boomeranging on you and that's yeah it's you know bad karma <laughs> we don't want that right um but it, it look we do have great people in the republican party again we have chris doty uh i want him to remain involved politically look i would not have been I think I shared. Yeah, I have shared. I don't know if I've shared on the show, but I was his point person in Boston. I would not have done that if I didn't fully believe in him and Kate Campanelli. I just I think that they're the two of them are great. They're fabulous. And I think that they have a lot to offer, not just Republicans, but everybody. Um, and there are other Republicans out there who are elected. There are not many of us at this point, but there are some. And they're doing great things, and they have been doing great things, and it's 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 a lovely thing to see. I think that we need, you know, Charlie Baker talked about this friction of ideas. I myself, 
you know, described it as a push and a pull. So I guess, you know, friction, push and pull, it's, you know, pretty much the same thing. Tomato, tomato, right? You know, you're saying the same, we're saying the same thing. Uh, I agree with the former governor. I think that we we do need different ideas. We certainly need different ideas in, in Boston because it's... <laughs> If you have everyone saying the same thing, you're not going to get anywhere. You do need, you need to be able to contrast. You need to be able to make comparisons. And again, you can't do that if everyone is saying the same thing. Right? Um, so it's, it's very, it's frustrating but it, it's it's a mission that I'm committed to, and and that mission again is bringing Republicanism, Republican values, helping to do that, however I can, and whatever way I can, bringing it to as many people in this state as possible. I believe that strongly in the idea of limited government and personal responsibility, and individual liberty. I think that people, I, and I've, I've long said this, I've been doing Bostonian rap, my gosh, since 2008. I've been doing it uh, radio here, WBCA, since what, 2017? And I've been doing the televised version of Bostonian rap for, what, 11 years now? I started in 2012. And I've consistently said, I'm pretty consistent, that I'm a big believer and and people know what's best for themselves, right? For the most part, I think that people thrive the most when they're in a position to make decisions for themselves. Now, obviously, there are you know there are exceptions to that but it's it's the idea that people are the architects of their own destiny and that because they have that individual liberty this this great wonderful thing that with it it carries personal responsibility and you have limited government now that doesn't mean that government should always be small i understand that there are times when government should expand, necessarily. Government has a role. It has a place. Uh, it has a place in our lives. It has a role to play. But overall, yes, I do. I do think it should be limited. I think people should have more of a say of what goes on in their lives than the government. That's what I believe. Right? And I think that how this philosophy plays out when you talk about the different issues that we're all grappling with, I think that there is an appeal for Republican values. I'm convinced of it, right? But, you know, this push and pull of ideas, this friction of ideas that Charlie Baker has referred to, this push and pull, you know, that I talked about, again, same thing, friction, push and pull. I think where maybe the governor and I disagree, the former governor and I disagree, is that I think that we should have that 
within the, the Republican Party as well. And I think that one thing that has really hobbled us is that we have people who insist on bickering over what is the right, you know, conservative, moderate, conservative, moderate. And it's, as long as we're promoting those core values, because those are the core values of what I just said, you know, limited government, individual liberty, you know, uh, personal responsibility, freedom. People, you know, some people can be more conservative. Others can be more liberal or moderate. That's their business. But I think we should be more accepting of different ideas, even within our own party, as long, again, as we ultimately can coalesce around the core values of the party, the values upon which this party was based. So I I, want to see that. I want to see less bickering because, quite frankly, not everyone falls. It's not just me. I'm just more vocal about it. But not everyone, you know, is is either the lion's flank or the Charlie Baker flank. You know, there are a lot of people who are somewhere in the middle and they just want to see a Republican Party. They just want to have people to vote for. You know, Amy Carnavale, who is the new chair, I wish her the best of luck. I do because, again, I want to see the Republican Party succeed. Is she the best person? I don't know. That remains to be seen, but I wish her the best because if she succeeds, the GOP in the state succeeds. What I'll say on a quick last note is is I'm intrigued and I'm somewhat hopeful because she wants to draft people to run for office who are already active in the community as opposed to untested extremists. I'm going to pick up with that next time because for me, that makes a lot of sense. If people are already out in the community and working and they're already visible and present, them running for office is an extension of that. Thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Rachel Meiselman. This is Bostonian Rap, WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston. As always, really, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye for now. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.